So welcome to another episode of the Fat for Weight Loss show. Uh, today we are talking to Sarah from Real Balanced and we'll get to it right after this. An important food, a healthy food, and a basic food that can be served in more than a hundred different ways. Hello and welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. My name is Aaron and I am your host for today's episode. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me introduce myself. Firstly, I am from Australia, if you hadn't already guessed from the accent, and I run a ketogenic food blog called Fat for Weight Loss, found at fatforweightloss.com.au. And the aim of this podcast is to dig into the world of nutrition, fitness, and everything in between. I'm a nutritional therapist and an advanced sports exercise nutritional advisor. However, I'm not a doctor, so I cannot give you any medical advice. This also applies to any guests involved in this show. Please make sure you consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet or medication. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Fat for Weight Loss for delicious keto recipes, meal plan videos, and drool-worthy food photography. So let's get right into it. In today's episode, it is my pleasure to be interviewing Sarah Nelson. She's the food blogger behind realbalance.com, which is a site dedicated to sharing low-carb, keto, paleo, and primal recipes. So since 2017, Sarah has shared delicious, nutritious, and allergy-friendly recipes with her thousands of blog readers and social media followers. Uh, She was recently diagnosed with life-threatening peanut and tree nut allergies, and since then has been able to pivot to work and develop and share a whole bunch of nut-free and low-carb keto recipes uh, with a nut-free keto community. Um, So, you know, Sarah's awesome. She was great to talk to in this interview, and we cover a whole bunch of different things, uh, you know, um, going nut-free on the ketogenic diet, but also uh, to do with food photography and um, food blogging and some of the things that can arise when working by yourself. Uh, So please enjoy this interview with Sarah Nelson. So, Sarah, welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. How are you going today? Oh, I'm great, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's a real pleasure. Um, uh, it's it's so great to have other food bloggers on the podcast. Um, you know, so sometimes we have people who have uh, lost a lot of weight and had a lot of success with the ketogenic diet. Other times we have athletes that have that are running using the ketogenic diet. Um, but now it's time to have a food blogger on the podcast, and it's you know it's it's a real joy when I get to talk to someone in the same sort of industry because we're all just one big family, really. Yes, and, I agree, uh, <laughs> and it's so nice to talk to someone because I work alone and yeah, I don't have any yeah. coworkers and I don't yeah. talk to anyone all day. <laughs> oh, I totally feel you on that one. And and it gets really hard when you like um, you can't reach out to anyone because you feel like oh you know uh, that that we're doing the same thing. And it's I like, know no, it's actually, like a weird yeah. level. Like I I feel like we should be competitive, but I I'm not a competitive person, so yeah. I don't actually care. But I totally agree. I know exactly where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I could not give two horses. I can't swear on this podcast, damn. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know exactly uh, what you mean. And it's hard because, I mean, in this industry, it is kind of just teach yourself and learn as you go. Mm. I always say that I just learn by failing. (laughs) Yeah. You don't really have anyone to ask. Exactly, exactly. And uh, and so um, I like to start the podcast with, you know, something that people may not know about you. And so for you, you have quite an interesting backstory before you came into food blogging. And we were sort of talking about this off the podcast before where I think a lot of food bloggers actually do. So, so can you tell us what you were doing before you started food blogging? 
Yeah, I have a really interesting journey to getting here. And like you said, a lot of us are like this. Um, so I have a bachelor's degree in Spanish, of all things, and I, I don't even speak Spanish fluently anymore. Um, I used to speak it pretty well after studying abroad in Costa Rica. But uh, since then, I haven't taken the time to practice, so I've lost a lot of it. Um, but then after my undergrad, I went to um, a master's program through Arizona State, um, which is in the United States, uh, for criminal justice, which I kind of had a plan to go into um, either like FBI work or federal probation um, or even politics. I was interning for the mayor of my city at the time that I started blogging. um, And it kind of just was, this was a side little passion project, if you will. And um, it started doing well and I really enjoyed it and kept up with it. And while I was doing a whole bunch of internships for my master's program, um, I kind of decided that I didn't foresee myself working for people (laughs) for a long term (laughs) in an office capacity. So um, I always kind of wanted to work for myself. And yeah, it's it's a dream come true. And I I really love what I do. Um, Yes, there are days where it's a little lonely and I do miss having coworkers. But for the most part, I'm really grateful that, you know, I did the master's program. I can say I did it, um, but I'm I'm happy to kind of be out of that office space. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally feel you on that one. I think um, the, the big one for me was actually uh, moving away from an office because of uh, certain rules and certain ways you have to do things. And then when you work for yourself, um, ultimately you probably work way more hours, but you get to do it in a more efficient way or you get to do it in a way that you feel is beneficial to the end user. Um, and so h- how was it, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what your day sort of looks like at the moment, but I'm guessing you work pretty hard. <laughs> um, and, and so h- how was it going from uh, doing those internships uh, to then going and, and working by yourself? And, and are you doing that for time now or is that something that you're still sort of uh, I'm guessing you're doing it full-time yeah what was that progression for you yeah I I guess the way that I've always seen it is like I I did it wasn't that I didn't like I guess working for someone but I but what I prefer now is like the harder I work on my blog the more I get out of it and the more money Mm. I make like when you're Mm. in like a normal job it's like yeah you could maybe get a raise or a promotion but it's a long time coming and it's like you know all these like steps that you have to go up on a ladder and and now it's like well if I spend a few more hours working on something I can sometimes make more money or make more connections and and the business will grow Mm. um and I really that makes me feel um more successful just at like on a personal level um Yes, I am doing it full time now. I went full time um, on Real Balanced in February of 2018. Oh, congratulations! So, thank you. Yeah, so I actually um, I launched like my original blog um, in late 2016, and then I kind of did like a rebrand of sorts in early 2017. So it was only like a year um, from the time that I like started blogging to going full time. Um, which is kind of crazy. I mean, the only reason that I was basically able to do that is, um, my husband has really great health insurance, which is a really like unromantic way of being like, you know, that this is something that's feasible because, um, in the United States, yeah, like you, basically we were domestic partners before that. And I was on his health insurance and then I got kicked off and we were like, well, I guess we have to go get married. Um, because all I wanted to do was be a full-time blogger. I was Mm. really ready to leave my job. So we got married, I got his insurance and I quit my job. (laughs) 
That's awesome. <laughs> and so um, something like health insurance isn't that big of a deal in Australia because we have a pretty good public health system. But what, but in America, is that is that something to like really be worried about if you don't have health insurance? It absolutely is. And um, so the company I had been working for uh, before I went full time was, you know, it was like a really, really high deductible. Like you were paying a lot every single paycheck. And mm. then if you, you know, God forbid you were hospitalized or had to even go to the doctor, um, the co-pays were like through the roof roof so um thankfully my husband works for he's in the public sector so he works for the city we live in um and he just has stellar insurance and and i know we'll talk about this later but i've had like weird health stuff this year so it's Mm. kind of been like a major blessing that we decided to go this route because it's been like multiple hospitalizations and if i was on my old insurance it would i can't even imagine i mean we would be filing for bankruptcy i assume oh wow (laughs) that's crazy here in australia you can actually go to bulk billing doctors that are free yeah (laughs) Um, it's amazing i know (laughs) and that's it's just universal health care is just something that's not recognized here and you really have to take it into consideration with any like new job you take so there can be some things where it's like oh well they'll pay you a little bit more but the mm. health insurance is terrible so wow. some people mm. might not take that job because of that wow that's crazy yeah. and so that, that's a good segue into um i guess how you got started into keto uh, and i guess you know we'll get to the the part as you were saying in a little bit but what was the first initial uh you know push for going low carb and ultimately going in a ketogenic state um what was that for you and then why was that uh, so so much of a pull to actually create a blog for that as well? Yeah, so I actually um, originally started um, on a on a Whole30 paleo diet. Yep. Um, yeah, a few years ago, I, I did it with my husband and I really liked it. Um, and I was having like some GI problems at that time and paleo like almost immediately gave me a lot of relief. So once I was done with my first Whole30, I kind of just stuck with a very strict paleo diet. Um, but even though that was kind of helping with some of my symptoms, I still was dealing with um, some really debilitating sleep problems. I was having adult night terrors, basically in that every single night I would have like real life nightmares so that they I would wake up screaming yeah it was a really really hard couple of years like I wasn't sleeping my husband wasn't sleeping um so I learned about keto from I think it was Rob Wolf um I don't know if you're familiar yeah, yeah. yeah I love Rob Wolf um so I I heard about it from him and I'm just one to kind of test anything out so he was talking about um low carb and ketosis in relation to sleep so once I heard that I was like I'm trying it you know anything to like go to sleep basically. Mm. Um, And within like a week of following keto and being in ketosis, I haven't had a night terror. Like it was two two full years of, I mean, truly, we only slept a few hours every single night. Um, So once the night terrors went away, I will like, I will never go back. It's the easiest diet to follow because when you don't sleep for that long, Mm. like, it, you know, if all you have to do is just restrict your carbs, like this is the easiest decision I've ever made then. Yeah, that's, and, and it's, um, you know, for a lot of people, they say, oh, it's so hard to stick to the ketogenic diet. And it's like, well, you may not have a good reason to stick to the ketogenic diet. And so for you, um, ultimately being able to, you know, uh, stick with it is, is meaning that you can sleep, which yeah, is fantastic. Right. So, I mean, now it's just, it's very, um, it's, it's even what I enjoy. I don't ever feel like, oh, I wish I could eat such and such or, you know, I don't miss bread. I, 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 I mean, especially being in the food blog space, I try to like 
creatively come up with content that would be, you know, a low carb bread or mm. like I have fun with that. Um, there's a low carb version to quite literally everything. Um, and yep. If it doesn't <laughs> exist, I will make it exist. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. So yeah, so it was kind of like I um, just knew that I enjoyed food. I never actually, I didn't really cook up until a few years ago. Um, but I think once you kind of get into the health space and realize the foods that you're eating at restaurants isn't always great, I just started to kind of try to cook at home. Um, and then, yeah, I had like a, an Instagram account that was like a f- more fitness-related Instagram. I don't know if you're familiar with Kayla Atsinas. She's from Australia. Um, um, she has Yeah, she's got the Bikini BBG. Body Challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. so I followed that guide and just kind of like started doing more fitness stuff on Instagram and then I, I think I start. I heard about blogging, and I never really even followed blogs up until that point. But I was like, "Oh, this is a thing I could try," and I really liked it. And to be totally frank and transparent, I really liked the business side of it. Mm. Um, it's not always just been like, "Oh, I love cooking." It's kind of like I really like that I can make this into a business and into my livelihood. So that's always kind of been the motivating. Um, factor for me yeah it's it's um it's funny you say that because it sometimes it feels like uh something that you shouldn't say and i i don't think that's true at all i think that um and rami from tasteaholics put this very very easily for me when i came to him because when i started blogging i i reached out to as many people as i could and i said um and i got in contact with tasteaholics and and rami and vicky have just been so awesome uh, and i came and i came to him and i was like you know you know what I've, I've got this i've got this page and what people can do is they can go to it and they click a button and it spins this coconut wheel and it gives them a recipe and he's like yeah, but like, who's going to use that? And I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> so you like, know, those are the people we need in our life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just and like, uh, why though? Exactly. You can, but why? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, when you create things, create things that are actually going to help people. And I was like, oh, okay, that is I so get it. funny. I know. And I sometimes need people to bring me back to earth like that too, because I'll have these grand ideas and then it'll just be like, but is it worth the time, Sarah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And, and, and I always try to say that. And I, I am very unromantic in that way where, you know, I'll talk to other bloggers and this is nothing against them. I, I think everyone has different inspiration and motivation, but mine, um, I do enjoy food and I enjoy cooking, but Mm. I, I love the business side of this. Like I Mm. love to know how to make more money, um, and how to like diversify. And I just find that all very exciting. And that's kind of what gets me out of bed in the morning. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And yeah, being able to do that in, in the truest way possible is 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 so rewarding. Yeah, um, it's so organic. Where it's like, yes, I can make money off that. How is you know that's amazing and very cool. And also, I do genuinely care about the stuff I'm doing. So yeah, it's like yeah. I I sometimes have to like pinch myself, and I'm like, how is this a is this really a job? Like, what are, am I actually? Is this real money that's yeah, that's happening? Exactly. It's yeah, it's very surreal and very very cool. I feel very lucky. Yeah, that's so awesome. And um, you, you know, going back to uh, the the initial reasons why you started the blog, um, you know, you you started doing all of these recipes and you started creating lots of content and recipes and things like that. But you recently got diagnosed with a um, particular allergy, and and then you had to sort of uh, pivot the way that you were um, producing content. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah. So earlier in um, like 2018 has just kind of been a year of like medical chaos, I guess you could say. Um, I unexpectedly was diagnosed with life-threatening peanut and tree nut allergies, mm. basically including um, 
just about every nut you can think of. So uh, most notably, I would say almonds, because almonds are very, um, uh, they're in most every keto and low carb recipe, as you likely know. So from almond flour, almond butter. Um, So I experienced anaphylaxis, which is basically your throat closing up and making it um, almost impossible to breathe. So I had that happen Mm -hmm. twice this year, one time leading to um, an overnight stay in the intensive care unit really scary experience and I mean genuinely came out of quite literally nowhere it was one day I was cooking with almond flour and eating spoonfuls of almond butter Mm. to the next day um yeah it it almost killed me so uh I remember I when I found out because we didn't originally know that that's what it was from when I did have the anaphylaxis and once Mm. I got the allergy test a few weeks later um, I just remember coming home and I just cried and I was like, my, you know, my diet is over and my business is <laughs> over. Like I, you know, I didn't know how to cook. Mm. I had, t- you know, when following paleo, low carb, I taught myself baking through using almond flour. So I, I was, I did not know how I was going to create recipes. And um, my, my husband, thankfully, who always brings me down to earth, he was like, it's fine. You know, you're just going to have to be, you're just going to have to work harder. Basically, you're just going to have to come up with new ways to make food. And that's kind of been my creative challenge since then is trying to use, um, you know, nut free and low carb ingredients that still taste good. Cause you know, coconut flour, as you know, it can be quite dense and Mm. complicated to work with, but it's been a challenge. And I think ever since the diagnosis, it's, um, just been opening to realize that, I, I mean, I've already like had to eliminate several foods over the years just for different health reasons, but this has been the, um, I think the scariest just because it's not like, oh, well, if I eat it, I won't feel well. This is mm. like, no, 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 like it, it could kill you. So yeah, yeah. it's been, um, it's been a fun and exciting year. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's interesting because um, I, I uh, created this low carb bread recipe or keto bread recipe and it is mainly made from almond flour and I got a lot of comments from people saying hey you know like uh, kids here in Australia they're not allowed to take nuts to school because of yeah, peanut US allergies too. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, okay yeah awesome and um, and so it's becoming a huge thing where uh, nuts are highly allergenic and so um you sort of can't have them around some people you can't just bring a keto bread loaf into work because someone might be extremely yeah or even you know all these um like protein bars um you know snack mixes and i i'm i'm overly cautious now um i don't think that you know someone eating uh almond butter almond butter protein bar next to me is is going to cause a reaction but Mm. i'm I, i think that once you go through something like that um you know, you just want to take every precaution possible. Mm. So it it makes you realize um, a lot more. You know, it makes me uh, understand more if people say, oh, I have an allergy. It's not something that can just be like, oh, well, you know, you're fine. If I, you know, I just won't come anywhere near you. It's like, well, no, it's it's very, very scary and very mm. serious. And, you know, you just hope that people take it, um, take you seriously when you say it, because that isn't always the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And so uh, for a lot of people who do have almond allergies, uh, they also, out of precaution, remove coconut from their diet as well. Uh, coconut's actually a, a droop, which I a think A droop, is, right, it's a fruit. Yeah, um, but but a lot of people still remove coconut. Is that the same for you? And, and no. w- what are you able to replace the almond flour with if so 
Yeah, and I I have a lot of people that will like comment and say, "Oh, you said this is nut free, but there's coconut in it." I don't know mm. if you ever get that, but I get it constantly. Yeah, I get it all the time. Yeah, yeah all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I say that you know I say that it's actually a droop. It's a fruit. Um, yeah. And I mean, obviously, if you have a coconut allergy, that is you know obviously also to be taken seriously. But I do personally incorporate a ton of coconut products. Mm. So anything from coconut flour to coconut butter, coconut oil. Um, are main staples in my diet and in my recipes. Oh, awesome, awesome. Have you ever, uh, now, this is, uh, I'm not sure whether you're allergic to this as well, but have you ever experimented with seeds? So things like sesame seeds or, um, I don't know, any other type of seeds? I know that's funny that you say that. I actually was just making a recipe with tahini earlier. Yes, yep. I yeah I can do seeds just fine. So pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds, all that. Um, I do, and actually that's uh, since I had to stop. Almond butter was my favorite snack. So <laughs> yeah. since the diagnosis, I have you heard of sun butter? I don't know if you guys have that in Australia, sun but butter, it's sunflower no. seed based. Oh yeah, okay. and it oh it's fantastic. Super low in carbs. It's basically the same amount of net carbs per serving that like almond butter would be. So I think it's like three grams per serving. Oh, perfect. Um, and it incorporates exactly the same. It's like the same consistency, I would say, to um, probably like a creamy peanut butter. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit pricier, but for me, it's totally worth it since it's like my guilty pleasure. Yeah, totally. I um I <laughs> I, I created a product out of out of people wanting to um you know still have bread but not have the almonds or the coconut, and so I found grinding up sesame seeds into oh, wow. into a flour actually makes. Um, very similar baked things to almond flour. So for anyone out there who's going, oh, I've been diagnosed with a nut allergy and almonds are not my thing. Like if you grind up sesame seeds, they actually turn into a flour that's cheaper and better to use in baking. So I don't know. See, it's amazing. And that's the, I mean, I think that you basically have just summed up everything where it's, there's always another option. Like there's Mm. always a food that will work. So if you have to take something out of your diet, um, there's there's a way around it. You just have to get, you just have to get really creative. Totally. <laughs> Sometimes totally. it's more expensive and it's going to take you a lot more time. But if you really want the thing, you can make the. Th- this episode is brought to you by the Complete Keto Diet. Have a think about this for a second. How long will it take you to reach your health goals? Is it four weeks? Is it three months? Is it six months? Is it a year? Maybe you don't need to lose weight, but you're struggling with the whole lifestyle thing that everyone keeps talking about. Who is going to be around long enough or be committed enough to you to help you achieve your health goals? That answer is me. I created the Complete Keto Diet specifically to help 10,000 people achieve their health goals over the next five years. That means I'm there for you in the beginning, through the plateaus, and the maintenance of your journey towards better health. But why 10,000 people? Well, simply put, I want to bring you the most actionable and realistic ways to get your health right using the ketogenic diet. But I also want to make sure that everyone succeeds and nobody gets left behind. Your name is very important to me. So how does it all work? Well, this is done with a ketogenic meal plan that is sent to your inbox every single week. You might have seen some of my YouTube meal plan videos on creating simple ketogenic meal plans, which are getting very close now to a million views alone. The advantage of my meal plans over others is that you are given simple recipes with simple ingredients with a great variety of food. You won't be eating the same meal every day and best of all I include substitutions for dairy-free, nut-free and other types of allergens. Plus all of the ratios are calculated for you. You'll be saving money with shopping lists that only include the items that you actually need. 
Not only does it come with weekly meal plans, but we do a weekly coaching session with everyone so that you can get your answers solved right away. You also get exclusive tools and resources, exclusive deals on all your favorite keto-friendly products that will probably save you more money than you think, plus a community of people to help you always succeed and keep you accountable every single step of the way. Sustainability is the key to long-term success with the ketogenic diet. I am not here to help you drop as much weight as possible in a three-month period. I am here for life. If you think this is what you've been looking for, I offer a seven-day free trial for anyone who is looking to see if it's the right fit for them. I offer steep discounts for six-month and yearly memberships that include one-on-one sessions with me as well, so you'll always have the answers. Head on over to www.completeketodiet.com and enter the code PODCAST to receive 15% off the membership. Oh, and did I mention that everything is in Australian dollars? Hurrah! Go to www.completeketodiet.com and enter the code PODCAST to start moving towards your health goals today. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I've recently eliminated dairy out of my diet because dairy is a thing for me. And this morning I was playing around with emulsifying things. So, you know how you can make mayonnaise, which is uh, egg 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 and oil. oil. Um, for a lot of people, they want to add MCT oil to their coffee, but it, it just doesn't mix unless you have like some crazy expensive blender. But if you take an egg and mix the egg with the MCT oil, add a little bit of lemon juice and a tiny little bit of uh, stevia to it, it becomes a mayonnaise texture that you can add to your coffee, which is exactly like cream because cream amazing. is an emulsification. Yeah, and it's That's crazy. amazing. It's just like, you know, you're adding essentially mayonnaise to your coffee, but it tastes awesome because you've added well, a Well, I know that that's like the new thing right now. I keep seeing people are back to doing like the raw egg in their coffee. And mm. I mean, it does blend up like cream. So mm. if that, I mean, I'm going to drink my coffee every way possible. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm willing to try anything. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, like this stuff, you don't even have to blend it. You just mix it in, sort of like cream. That's amazing. Ah, Oh, I need to try that. That's great. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, And uh, ah, so, okay, let's talk about food blogging because I don't get to talk about this with many people because um, one – you know, people just do the ketogenic diet for for health reasons, and so they try and do it in the easiest way possible. Um, but for us food bloggers who uh, get to try out and do all these crazy things with food, um, it's really exciting. And so I was looking through uh, your Instagram and all the photos on your page, um, and they're fantastic, quite frankly. Thank you. <laughs> then, um, no, really, I appreciate it so much. I practice very hard. It's not natural for me to do good photography. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, what what was the progression like with you for photography? Because I know for me, like for me, I was taking photos with my iPhone and trying to post them up. And I was like, why right. isn't anyone coming to my blog? And yeah, these photos are great, photos right? And then you look back now a year later and you're like, this is mortifying. Right, yeah. And so, um, you know, what sort of camera do you shoot with? What What were the things that helped you um, become a better photographer? And, uh, and what were some of the tipping points that you were like, oh, okay, this I'm actually a photographer now? Yeah, um, I I definitely invested, <clears throat> excuse me, a ton of time and a ton of money into um, food photography. So I will say, however, the caveat to that is I have an $80 camera that has served me well and I still use it. Um, I do have a little bit nicer of a lens now, but I bought it from an old coworker. It's a Canon Rebel. Yep. Um, it's probably 10 years old. Um, I do have a new macro, a 50 millimeter macro lens now, which I really love. 
Um, but yeah, the, the equipment I use is, um, not expensive by any means, but I did, um, very early on into my food blogging, I, I knew I wanted to become better at, um, photography. Mm. I'm not a very artistic person. So, um, like setting up a shot and thinking that through is not very natural. So I knew that it was something that was hard, but I knew if I practiced, it could get better. So I kind of just looked to the bloggers that I liked their photos um, and kind of like tried to break them down. Um, I also pretty early on invested in getting the Adobe suite. So I have Photoshop and Lightroom and kind of taught myself how to edit photos. I think that you can have a really ugly image and it it can be fixable um, as long as you know how to edit. Obviously, you want to start with a good raw image if you can, but Mm. um, it's amazing what you can do in post. Um, I did uh, go to, I don't know if you're familiar with Lindsay Ostrom, but she runs the Pinch of Yum food blog. Yeah, so she she runs an in-person food photography workshop. Oh, okay. yeah, so she. I live in Wisconsin in the United States, and she is in Minnesota, so it's like the state over. Um, so I was lucky enough that I, I could go there, um, and it was a two-day in-person workshop where we broke down um, everything to the basics, to more advanced stuff within Lightroom, um, to learn how to take really good food shots, um, because it is different than if you're taking, you know, portrait, landscape, mm. um, you know, if you're a wedding photographer. It's just, food is just different. Um, so I went to that and I also, I, uh, invested, I don't know if you know, um, Sarah Fennell from Broma Bakery. She runs something called Foodography School. Oh, okay. And yeah, and I, that's an online, um, it used to be, she used to do it live, um, like classes, but I'm pretty sure now it's pre-recorded, but that was also really beneficial. And that, um, I learned a little bit more about how to compose, um, a shot from the beginning. So I've kind of, my style has changed over the, you know, over the years of before it was kind of more fun for me to like set up a shot and make it look really pretty. But now I'm kind of back to just, I just want to take a photo of the food. Mm. So I try to make the food itself look really good. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely not. And I, I will be, um, honest and say I, I don't love food photography I don't love doing it I well, really like cooking <laughs> thank you I appreciate it. it yeah and it's it, it I shouldn't say I, I I dislike it it's just my passion more lies it, like I like to be in the kitchen yeah like I like to like come up with really fun recipes and mm. I don't really like to always be thinking well how is this going to look on camera mm. and what props am I going to use you know I'd rather just cook the recipe and make it really fun but unfortunately i can't throw food through a computer to people and they can't taste it so i need to make it look really good so that they know it tastes good (laughs) oh that's such a good uh that like throwing food through the yeah just here taste it yeah i wish wish that was possible so people could throw food at me but (laughs) i know yeah same i wish i wish uh, recipes and on blogs came with like a smellometer so yes exactly yeah Yeah, scratch and sniff yeah (laughs) Um, okay, that's interesting. So it was Sarah Fennell that does the food. Sarah Fennell, yeah, she runs yeah. Broma Bakery. Yeah, um, okay. Her photography is insanely great. Oh, it's awesome. really beautiful. She has a pretty different style than I do. Yeah. Um, but I did learn quite a bit. Um, like I said, in, in terms of composition, and then um, she's really great at Lightroom. So a lot of different things that I didn't realize you could do in Lightroom. Um, which I've actually found to be pretty fun to just, I could sit and edit photos for hours. It is, <laughs> yeah. that, is, that is part of photography that I do enjoy. Yeah, that's cool. I, I, the people I follow or have been following recently is, uh, I think it's Joni from The Bite Shot on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Okay. She's I, awesome. Okay. I don't know if I, I, 
I feel like I recognize the account name. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. And then I think it's Rachel from Two Love Studio. She has some fantastic food photography as well. Yeah, she was on Food Blogger Pro, I think, yes, right? Yes, she was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Is she Australian? Uh, no. Uh, well, no. Uh, okay. Yes. Yes, she is, but she lives in Canada. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember listening to that episode. Because were, were you on the Food Blogger Pro podcast? Or uh, No, I have been featured in it. So Okay. <laughs> but, that's right. But I haven't I haven't actually been on. Um, but okay. Yeah, it's... yeah. And that's... So Food Blogger Pro, that's Pinch of Yum. I, I don't know if you... Yes. Know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. So I... And that's another thing that from the beginning... Um, I got involved and I paid for a membership for Food Blogger Pro. Yep. And I, I tell everyone if they're like interested in blogging, if the Ostroms do anything, give them your money. Yeah. Just, they <laughs> always do it really well. It's yeah. going to be worth it. Just give them your money. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, <laughs> I invest I, in like anything that they offer. I buy it. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, I've done the same thing. <laughs> they, they have a lot of a lot of my uh, business expense. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, like, so, so food blogging aside, so you have a, a you know, you've, you've been able to pivot your um, food blog into a certain type of, um, you know, nut free style. And so, uh, w- you know, what are the some of the recipes that people can come to your uh, food blog from uh, realbalance.com and uh, get a real feel for uh, what what you do and how you do it, and you know what are some of the best recipes to to try first. I do so many desserts. Oh, oh my god! Too, I, yeah. yeah, I'm a total sweet tooth person, um, and a lot of people don't. Uh, you know, people in the the keto space um, can sometimes feel a little bit. Um, initially binary where mm. it's like you shouldn't have desserts you know it's just going to make you want to eat um you know refined sugar and i totally understand and respect that mm. but um like i said earlier this is not something i will ever sway from doing so keto is the only way i will ever eat i'm i can say that with pretty much 100 percent certainty so i try to be reasonable and realize at some point you're gonna want dessert so i want to give you those recipes right. um so if you come to my site, it's like, I would say 80% recipes. I do a lot of fat bomb recipes, um, a lot of chocolate-based recipes. Um, but I also like to, you know, I can't just do that because otherwise I feel like I would get a little bored and maybe everyone else would get a little bored. So mm. I do try to throw other things in there, you know, whether it be variations of like Whole30 Paleo or vegan keto, um, you know, just trying to do different things because obviously audiences are wide and everyone kind of does different things so Mm. and then I kind of try to keep it on base with holidays um but it is very like based on you know I do I don't know if you're interested in like SEO stuff but I I always try to be very mindful of what recipes don't exist and how I can create them and like I said it's very I see very much the business side of this it's like if I'm going to create something um I want it to be something that's going to be seen (laughs) yeah that's it's um Something that a lot of people do is that they just create a whole bunch of content all the time uh, and and it never gets to see the light of day. One, because it's in a competitive space or it's um, it's something that you just didn't put enough effort in because you were pumping out 20 of the same thing. Right, right. It, it, I've heard it's like 20% creation and 80% sharing. Yeah. Like yeah. Basically, you should be spending most of your time sharing what you've already made. Yeah, exactly. And 
And um, yeah, it's interesting that, uh, you know, desserts are popular for you because I, I think they're also popular for me. And, and the way I understand it is that for people to do normal uh, keto, they don't need to look up a recipe for bacon and eggs because they generally know how to make that. Whereas exactly. it, they don't necessarily know how to make something like a fat bomb or even make, know how to make it taste good. Um, so yeah, that that's that's I think something that um, <laughs> I remember talking to Keto Connect and they were saying like, you know, people just expect rainbows and things coming out of this food that you know you they want to make your uh, blog look amazing and and in reality most people's diets are uh, pretty boring. But being yeah, able to- and that and I never I always want to be like you know clear about that and it's like this isn't what i eat all day every yeah, day yeah but i also like it's so much fun to experiment in the totally, kitchen yeah. and i have people that will say that like i just enjoy cooking and yeah. i want to make fun recipes mm. but you know for the most part i'm eating eggs and bacon like that you know that is you know what my diet is mostly it's pretty simple it's pretty plain yeah but if i want to make a chocolate chip muffin I'm going to go play around and make a chocolate chip muffin. Exactly, yeah. And and vice versa for someone who wants to go find a recipe. <laughs> they're not going to go look for a recipe for bacon and eggs. They're going to go look for a recipe for chocolate chip muffins. And so, exactly, and exactly. And that's why places like us exist, which is awesome. Right, right. And yeah, it's and it's fun for me to do that. And it, I think that, um, you know, some people have, you know, some hobbies. And this is definitely my creative outlet. And um, it all it kind of like gives me that like a little bit of like competitiveness mm. where it's like, can I do this? Can I make this taste good with, you know, sometimes my husband will say that I'm using like a savory ingredient to make a dessert. It's just kind of like you can take just about anything. Oh, yeah. Um, and it can, you know, like what you were saying, you know, using sesame seeds to make flour mm. is it's huge. It's totally different. But if it works, it works. Yeah. Yeah, I, I find as well being able to break it down to its absolute basic form. So um, thinking about mayonnaise as an emulsion, you're like, okay, what other things can do that? And and applying that to everything you can. Sure. <laughs> you come up with some really crazy creative I think that's things. how we get a lot of like products that are now on the market. Yeah. You know, like at one point, all of these foods weren't not in existence. Um, you know, like a, something like a fat bomb. I mean, yeah. five years ago, that wasn't a term that anyone was using. Um, and now these recipes are just everywhere. And how cool is that, that you can make, um, a little bite-sized low carb dessert mm. that use it, you know, you wouldn't think that, you know, you know, cream cheese based, whatever, um, or almond butter, whatever it is can, can taste so good and delicious and can satisfy your cravings and keep you full. So I find that very fun that you can, um, use that. And I love like the fact that you can, also, I challenge myself to keep net carbs as low as possible. Mm. Um, so I sometimes have a lot of fun playing around with like, how can I create the most flavor, but also have the most minimal net carbs. Oh, and it's kind of like just playing around with the nutrition label yeah. to see how I can do that and challenge myself. Yeah. And then go and create it in the kitchen. You're like, well, that worked. That didn't, didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I experienced that daily too. <laughs> yeah. oh, there are so many things that sit in the fridge and I'm like, I'm going to eat that one day, but it's just, it just doesn't taste that good. Oh, no, it just doesn't taste. I know. And I, I keep bringing my husband. I apologize. But he, of course, is my, you know, my taste tester. And sometimes he'll be like, yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's good. I'm like, you don't have to eat it. <laughs> like, I'm not, I would rather you tell me than someone on the internet tell me. Exactly. Yeah. And there's <laughs> so many recipes that don't see the light of day that just sit in the fridge. <laughs> sit in the fridge or unfortunately go in the trash if it's like that bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. It's so, it's so good to talk about this sort of stuff because I don't get to talk about this with many oh i know i know it yeah and it kind of feels i've been um 
talking more like on my platform about blogging and stuff and I was just try to like pull back the curtain a little bit mm. um and just try to you know that I'm you know we're not just food photos you know so I recently have gotten um fair share of I would call them pretty mean um comments and emails and stuff and I always just want to like respond back and be like I know you don't realize it but like I'm a person mm. um I didn't mean to do you any wrong yeah uh you know just like that kind of thing where it's I, I think it's good that you know we, we are talking and these conversations can um be happening more from blogger to blogger because I think it it makes people realize like oh that's a human being it's not just a picture of a salad yeah totally and and you know what like I I get a lot of those comments too, by the way. <laughs> um, and, yeah, uh, and I've recently, I was like, is there something in the water? Because it was like a full week oh, really? that I was like, I should just shut this down. <laughs> like, <laughs> I must be really affecting people because like, I was like, all I do is post food. Yeah. I don't know why you're so angry. But but a lot of, uh, you know, if, um, to, to sort of bring light to that, I guess, uh, you know, you're going... Um, you're going up against these hard things. And I, 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 I say this a lot, but I think about it as a video game. And so if you're thinking about playing Mario, uh, Super Mario, and you're running along and you, you're bouncing off turtles and going down pipes and stuff, and it's really hard, if you're going up against hard things, it, moves you, it means you're moving in the right direction. And if, you're, if it's really easy and nothing's really like changing the way you do things or if you don't get any bad comments or whatever it is, like you're going backwards and you're absolutely in a, you're in a safe I know spot. and it's so hard to see it at in the moment yeah. but even just in this one week of time of being able to look and retrospect um because if I ever said if you know like publicly saying it you know right now being like it was really hard and it really hurt me I know that there are plenty of people that are like hey I really appreciate your recipes or mm, yeah you know when you come on Instagram stories like for the most part I know it's like it's more of a benefit to people but of course those negative comments are those are what shine through and i wish that they didn't mm. but it is only like yeah i'm only a human so getting that kind of stuff it can just kind of be disheartening um totally. but then again there's so many people that will reach out and say like you know this recipe was great or you know just asking questions about how um you know my journey and what i've done um and that kind of like relifts my spirits yeah yeah and also just sometimes literally deleting instagram off my phone helps yeah. too. <laughs> oh i've done that yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah me this week it's just yeah i've had to just take it off <laughs> yeah yeah i uh i think pat flynn has a lot of um i don't know whether you follow smart passive i love pat flynn yeah yep. he has a lot of really good uh things for bloggers who are in that space of like you know pushing the 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 <laughs> the forms of reality and so people can get pretty angry about certain things and you're like yeah it's it's okay it's fine <laughs> um yeah right and, right uh, and everyone gets past it and like you were saying it's just not to say that i want to ever create like controversy mm. of any sort but when you are just kind of like when everything's going just fine and i'm not really hearing anything that's usually the time that i'm like I need to do something a little bit more. I need to step up my game. Right. And then I usually get some negative comments, <laughs> you know, just kind of, especially recently, I've been sharing more um, like lifestyle stuff. So, yeah. and I wouldn't even say, I guess it's still related to eating keto, but kind of like, you know, supplements, which are just, even just, I feel dirty just saying the word because some people get um, pretty heated about it. So me talking about the supplements I take, you know, really opened up a can of worms oh. um, on social media. But, I, and I, and I think I made, um, you know, the people that were upset, I just said, like, I totally respect and understand why you don't spend money on certain things. Mm. Um, 
but I, you know, I do. And when people say like, you know, what do you eat every day? I'm like, I'm just being, you know, I just want to be honest with you and tell you, I do take this supplement or I do buy this product. Mm. I, I'm not going to like lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. it, it is, it's just, and you don't have to like that. Um, but it also doesn't mean that you don't have to like, you can, you can continue to make my recipes. What I eat behind the scenes doesn't really affect what I'm making for you. So, yeah. cause I had plenty of people like, I'm not going to follow you anymore. And I'm just like, oh, okay, really? sorry. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's a, it, to, to shed some light on that as well, you know, um, it, the the supplements are a big part of this podcast because <laughs> I ask everyone what what sort of supplement outside outside of prescription medication what they take and and it's really interesting I think and so for people you know a lot of the time they can just say oh, okay you know you don't need supplements to be on a ketogenic diet which is true but you can uh, optimize what you're doing and, uh, and and you know maybe that's a good segue into to move into these some of these fast rapid fire i don't have a name for this segment <laughs> and it, it it's going to be a joke on every single quick podcast fire. quick fire yeah that's a that's a good hey. one i'm gonna <laughs> um, so, <laughs> there you go you can have it <laughs> oh thank you thank you quick fire okay all right in quick fire round one <laughs> um what is your favorite low carb ketogenic food uh any variation of chocolate Ooh. yeah yeah because you can make it low carb and i, I just love chocolate yep. yeah it's like what i look forward to i, I eat chocolate every single day <laughs> Damn, do you have a do you have a particular brand that you uh, like? Or no, usually I it? like I kind of just make what would be normally a fat bomb, but it's like in liquid form. Yeah. Um yeah, and then I sometimes like I, I'm really big into sweet and salty, so I'll like dunk vegetables in it, which Ooh. is maybe sounds weird. Yum. I don't know. Um but yeah, I love sweet and salty. So I just usually do like unsweetened cocoa powder, um, sun butter, which is the sunflower seed butter. It's kind of like almond butter, coconut oil, um, and then monk fruit sweetener. Oh, and damn. it's yeah, microwave it, melt it, it's really good. That sounds so good. And and cocoa <laughs> yeah. has a lot of magnesium, which is so beneficial for the ketogenic. Right, well, that awesome. electrolyte for sure. Um and in uh, contrast to that, what is your least favorite keto low carb food? Yeah, I don't know if I I have a, a least. Fa- I I will quite literally eat anything. I there there's probably things that I would be like I wouldn't eat that normally, <laughs> yeah. but I like all foods as long as the food is made. Ooh, okay. You know, yeah. or it's like Not raw. there's probably things that I don't enjoy making yeah. um, if they're super time consuming, but. If a food is made, I will eat it. <laughs> yeah, that's that that is true. <laughs> yeah, and like especially things that are like quickly made, I yeah. I really like. Yeah. So anything in the instant pot, I don't know if you have one of those, oh, but I want to get one. They don't really yeah. exist here in Australia, but I've I've been okay. wanting to get one. Yeah, any sort of pressure cooker type thing. Yeah. Um so even yeah, if the food is made, especially if someone will make it for me, done. I'll eat it. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, and so do you have any uh, particular exercise that you think is very beneficial or that you really enjoy? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so I, 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 I grew up um, playing sports and stuff and then I kind of fell off in college and I got re-interested in fitness when I was doing that um, BBG guide mm-hmm. uh, through Kayla Cena's. And then I love going to spin class. Um, but I find that I always injure my knee when I'm doing it. Oh. I, I prefer, yeah, I prefer high intensity uh, workouts, like class-based more because I just need someone shouting at me. Yep. <laughs> I like being instructed and told what to do. I used to be able to just go to the gym and follow some program. Um, 
but now I just it's kind of fallen to the wayside and it's not as important to me to be quite frank um but I do know the importance of uh lifting weights and stuff so I do have a personal trainer um that I go to a few times a week and they create my programs for me and I've gotten a ton stronger and I do find out like now that I can go to a spin class and come out not being in like as much pain Mm with my knee you know just kind of like increasing my strength in my glutes um and in my hips and stuff um has been really beneficial so while i don't love strength training um i do think it's probably the best thing for your body yeah yeah that's interesting um i I used to actually get a lot of knee pain uh from cycling and what i found was is that uh for me it was the seat height so i don't know whether you've interesting ever, like, it, it could be i actually don't think i ever learned the proper way to set a bike up um i used to so i got like really really into fitness for a while mm. like probably too much so that i was like working out two to three times a day mm. um which was like not it was like not a good mental state to be in um so I think that also, and that was when I was going to spin class that much. So I think also just like the related note of like going there is probably not good, but I also just enjoy it. Mm. Um, yeah, fitness has been very much like a, an ever-changing journey and I ebb and flow to times where I really love it. And then um, like times like now that I'm really busy with a project where it's like, it's basically like, by the skin of my teeth you're gonna find me (laughs) going there i just don't want to (laughs) you know like i wish and i like i said i do know how important it is to like lift weights and stuff but i don't really enjoy it Mm. so by the time i'm there i'm fine um and i also just be like okay sarah you're spending a ton of money on this that's also like a great motivator (laughs) for me like every the less the less i go the more money it is per session (laughs) yeah so i'm like i might as well just go the extra time to like bring it down a couple bucks Uh, yeah totally totally. i'm very money motivated if you haven't realized (laughs) budget conscious and money motivated yes totally yeah Yeah. but i mean that having a personal trainer i think has been a really great investment because especially like when i'm there and then when i'm especially not there they're like hey where have you been you know i have someone that cares about my attendance versus just being at um a quote-unquote like globo gym and just kind of having this monthly membership and they don't they don't care if you're there or not yeah yeah it's good to have that extra motivation especially um i think personal trainers are are really important if you're doing new exercises or if you're doing uh, trying to correct things that you're doing wrong and so i wish and i needs Mm. and i didn't realize how much correction i needed Um, which has probably led to, you know, these various in, um, injuries that I've had over the years, but, you know, just like little movements that, or, you know, I get stronger quicker now, I feel like, yeah, that's awesome. um, versus when I was by myself. Now I know like just a slight rotation of your arm or, you know, using your scapula, you know, it's just like weird things where, you know, I was never taught the proper way to lift weights. So now like having that knowledge, I feel like I get stronger much faster. Yeah, that's really awesome. That's so good. And uh, and I guess in contrast to that, what is your least favorite exercise? <laughs> I guess we sort of talked about that just then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would probably say, I mean, I used to, and I don't want to bash this at all, and I probably shouldn't even say it, but I, I did do CrossFit for quite a while yeah. and I'm not bashing it. Um, I, I think it's a great workout program. I love the community around it, but... Um, like I was saying, is that I never learned the proper way to lift. So I would leave classes in really bad shape. I was constantly injured um, and some injuries that have continually haunted me. So for me personally, CrossFit is not a good fit because I, you know, was moving too quickly, doing too heavy of weights, no one's fault by my own. Um, But it just doesn't 
feel like a good fit for someone like me who kind of like throws the technique to the wayside and just wants to get through the workout. Yeah, totally. And and it's something that's so common with with um, CrossFit is that you know you're doing these really complicated Olympic lifts for for time and and right. under a lot of like stress and so yeah it it, it doesn't make sense i think uh, i'm sort of in that boat as well and it's really expensive so if you're budget conscious <laughs> absolutely yeah and i was like oh and like what you're saying is for time i remember we were doing deadlifts once and it was for time and i just remember at one point i was like oh that lower back injury yes. is not going away yep. and it's been you know years oh, really? and it still is a problem and i just oh i regret it so much so if you're new to crossfit just just go slow there's <laughs> yeah. no reason even if it is for time yes like you're not competing with anyone really just take it slow and it will be worth it in the end yeah 100 um and uh, do you have any uh okay no wait i've got to try uh hmm. yes okay <laughs> outside of prescription medication and we were talking about this before what are the supplements that you take and uh what are some of the reasons behind them yeah i am <laughs> people will call them expensive p or you know whatever it is um i i do take supplements and i take quite a few hmm. um for various reasons and do they all benefit me on a daily basis i'm not sure but um, to, to rattle off the, the main ones, I would say I take vitamin D every day. Yep. Um, I am, yep, was, you know, diagnosed with a deficiency, which it seems like everyone is deficient in vitamin D. Mm. Um, so I take vitamin D, I take cod liver oil. Yep. Um, I used to take fish oil, but now I do cod liver oil and that's kind of been helping with my, uh, I have a higher C, um, reactive protein just uh, from okay. bodily inflammation. Yeah. yeah. So that seems to um, be helping slowly, but surely. Um, what else do I take? Uh, I take DHEA yep. uh, for hormones. That's been helping. And then uh, <laughs> the dreaded conversation of uh, exogenous ketones. I do take those. I take them every day. Um, and I know that some people feel very strongly about that topic, but I have used them um, since before I even really followed a very strict low-carb diet. I kind of just was playing around with them and it's just been a, a normal part of my day and I, I love using them and experimenting with them. Mm. Um, I like to try new products. So anytime Perfect Keto, for example, comes out with something new, mm. I usually buy it and play around with it. Um, but like I said, I know that that is a hotly debated topic. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, like, but but most, the, I think the topic lies in that uh, you need to have exogenous ketones to lose weight. And and I, I don't think that's true. It's sort of like saying... No, I haven't lost any weight. Yeah, so and, 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 if those, where are those exogenous ketones? Exactly. If that's what it's doing, I don't have yeah, those. And, and ketones are signaling molecules. And, and so if you if you have, uh, if you are using them, and, and for some people as well, depending on uh, insulin resistance and a whole bunch of other things that they cannot actually produce enough ketones to, to be in the optimal range. And so being able to supplement with them actually really really helps so yeah so, and for me it's been more of like a brain fog type yeah. thing um i just with all the gi problems i have i can i mean it's just about any meal i eat now um unless it's pure protein and fat um, i'm usually fine but just about any variation of carbs whether that be from a vegetable based or even if it's a dessert or whatever mm. um i usually get some form of brain fog and in um you know, in this work, it's like I have to be at a specific level, like a specific mental state mm. to be able to cognitively function and do my job and run this business. So I find that if I um, use them at a specific time, depending on what I've eaten that day, um, it, it does benefit me. Um, 
I don't use them as a fallback and I certainly don't use them for weight loss. Mm. Um, I, I've had, I always say that to people like I don't follow keto for weight loss. Uh, and I don't follow it for weight loss is more because I haven't lost any weight. Mm. Like it just isn't, it has not been a byproduct for me. Um, it's purely like for how I feel mentally and how I sleep now and, yeah, it's just, it, this is the way that I eat based on how I function on a day-to-day basis. Um, I, yeah, I haven't lost like any weight from following. Yeah, you. I, I haven't either. And the, and the thing is, is that so many people get so caught up in the whole weight loss thing where they, they come to me and say, oh, how much weight have you lost doing keto? I know. I, like, I, I haven't, but uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, being in a ketogenic diet for me was particularly interesting because of performance-based reasons. Uh, and so going into running and cycling and, you know, uh, all of that sort of stuff is, is really interesting. Right, being fueled by fat yeah, versus carbs, yeah. totally. And so um, it's a mis- misunderstood world where people, you know, think you just have to lose weight. Um, but ultimately when people do lose weight and they say oh can i stop the ketogenic diet now it's like well no you missed the point it's like all of this brain fog is gone now right and you've been able to fix your um your metabolism you've been able to become more insulin sensitive like these are all really good things about the ketogenic diet than not just weight loss weight loss is a byproduct right absolutely you don't need to lose weight to get the benefits of it so yeah i totally agree well yeah there's plenty i mean it goes both ways where it's you know people can be quite lean but um are not entirely healthy yes exactly you know so it sometimes your weight isn't an exactly a good example of your health mm, mm, yeah being skinny fat yep <laughs> yeah absolutely yep. absolutely and i have you know you know plenty of people like that where i'm like wow you're so thin um you know i would love to have a body like that and then you find out they're a cigarette smoker yep. or something <laughs> yeah um where it, but you know sometimes and i think about that as a woman that you know when i leaned out a lot um when i was in that phase of you know working out constantly Yes, I was as thin as I've ever been. Mentally, I was very unhappy. Mm. And I also completely messed up my metabolism and my hormones, which has been ever since then trying to fix that has been incredibly hard. Mm. So being, you know, that, you know, being that level of body fat was not worth the fact that I have like done some significant damage to my body. Mm. Yeah, it's, I'd rather have a little bit more fat on my body and be like more, like you were saying, more insulin sensitive and able to function on a day to day basis. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's a common thing where you know people come from the bodybuilding aspect and they come into the ketogenic diet and they're like, "This goes against everything that I was being taught, but this is way better." And uh, yeah, right, it's right. Really and it's, I just feel like it's the most sustainable diet in the world. Mm. Like I, I truly don't. I don't even think twice about it. You know, we went on um, a trip a few weeks ago and while, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, did you, what all the, you know, food did you eat? Did you go off keto or whatever? And I even like just saying off keto kind of makes me like cringe <laughs> a little bit because I just, it's, it's so like the diet mindset yeah, of the, yeah. I feel like when you say keto diet, people hear that word and they automatically think weight loss, mm. but it's just unfortunately the same word yeah. as like a diet lifestyle. Yes. Like I don't see this as like cheating or, you know, whatever it is. It's just, this is the way I eat. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, um, and just shifting that mindset, you know, opens you up to a whole bunch of new things. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, ketogenic diet aside, uh, do you have any books or videos that you've recently been inspired by or something that you would recommend to to read to anyone? Ooh, um, I, like I was saying before, I love Rob Wolf. I've learned a lot from him. I feel like he 
um, takes some pretty scientific uh, methodologies, especially related to nutrition, and kind of breaks them down and makes them fun. Um, so I don't know if anyone's familiar with Wired to Eat, but I think that he released that like a year ago. And I read it when it first came out, and then I recently reread it. Um, and I, I just absolutely love that book because I think it does so much about like exactly what we were just talking about of everyone is a little bit different. Um, and just understanding that metabolically we, uh, you know, handle carbohydrates in very different ways. Um, and he kind of in the book that that's kind of the whole practice is it's like a guess and check of eating certain foods and then testing your blood sugars. Mm. And it kind of reinvigorated my understanding and, you know, why I eat certain ways and why other people eat certain ways. And I always try to like come back to that and, um, support people in whatever diets they personally follow, whether that is, um, keto, uh, carnivore, vegan, whatever it might be. Um, if that works for you, then that's fantastic. And I think you should do it. So I, I really, I always love coming back to his work because it kind of like reminds me like, okay, this is why I'm doing yeah, it. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so good to have those reminders, uh, you know, just by like, I, I've recently uh, tried to eliminate social media for a certain point um, and, you know, set up scheduling and whatnot and spent that time reading or spent that time, you know, investing in learning. And so I went to the Low Carb Down Under conference and I went to, uh, you know, reading all these books and and it's amazing how much more invigoration you get from not just like scrolling through Instagram absolutely, <laughs> and actually going and listening to an audiobook. Like it's a fantastic. Um, and I think it's just so much, I mean, obviously you're learning and that's, that's great. But the, the fantastic part for me is just not um, always taking in and consuming other people's content mm, yeah. um, because it, not only is it like, well, now I don't feel as inspired or, but it's also just the comparison game. I find that when I just take myself out and just focus on what I'm creating, I just mentally feel more, I guess, um, stable, more like comfortable in my decisions. And then when I'm, when I find myself doing the endless scrolling, I'm like, well, they're doing this. Why are they doing this? Is that working? Oh my gosh, they're better. (laughs) Um, you know, they're doing a better job. They're, you know, they've lost more weight, all these things where it's like, I I've done the same thing recently where I have just deleted everything off my phone. Um, because not only was it serving to be a distraction during the day, it was just also making me feel really bad. Yeah. Yep. So I, I, especially with being on a podcast with you, I, all I do all day is listen to podcasts oh, that's awesome. or audiobooks. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I come across that all the time. Like uh, for a long time for me, um, comparison was just, you know, really taking away a lot of the joy of, of blogging. Um, and I came across this quote, comparison is the thief of all joy. I can't remember who said it. But for me, I was like, I love that. Oh, it's so good. Um, And I think particularly food bloggers or people who work by themselves can so easily be in the comparison mindset. And when you step away from that and start creating content of your own, um, it's just it's just so liberating. (laughs) Um, And I and I also think absolutely in addition to that, also just like connecting with people that are doing the same thing. And rather than feeling competitive, it's like more of like a support thing, you know, where it's like, we're all just trying to just give people the things they want. Like I don't, wherever they get the recipe from, it doesn't matter to me. Like this is just really cool that we can like make this our living. So I don't, I I don't like that whole, like, Oh, I keep all these secrets and that's like the dark side of blogging and which I, you know, I hear those phrases all the time and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm doing just fine over here though. Yeah, totally. I don't know what's going on with you guys yeah, i guess as well like um it, it, i don't know about you but I, i'm i'm not your conventional blogger and so i don't 
I don't see all of the same things or traps that other bloggers might. Um, and so I think it's good to come at it from a different angle. Um, and I, I think it was, um, is it Boss boss Girl, the, the, the chick who took all of the antique clothes and was selling them on eBay? I can't remember her name. I think it might be so. No, I don't know. Anyway, um, she came into this, you know, antique way of, of selling um, antiques, basically. So she would, all of these people would uh, wrap up all these old clothes in acid-free paper and she was like you know what you know stuff that let's go sell this stuff on ebay to people who want it because uh this is this is way better and you know she was criticized and everything but she ended up making a multi-million dollar business however isn't that amazing it went broke yeah recently, and i think that the, and those are the stories that inspire yeah, us exactly. you know those are the stories where it's not like oh they you know hustled and did the grind every day and they were miserable mm. but you know they're making some money now no it's like they did this thing and no one had done it before yep. how cool is that yep. and those are the stories where i like feel myself connecting to and you know even when it is just something like circling back to doing not free keto yeah. like I don't see a lot of people doing that um and sometimes I had to like take myself out and be like okay you know you're one of the only people creating this content like just try to focus on that and not everyone's gonna love it and you might have people that don't really care to follow that anymore but just stick to what you care about because if you can do it ongoing and it's going to be sustainable, it's going to be more work. Yeah, when I, like, and, you know, creating all of these nut recipes that you have to, you know, throw out essentially because because you've got a blog, like, it, it doesn't seem right. And so, yeah. Right. Ex- oh, absolutely. And it doesn't feel like it's, like, being, uh, you know, authentic. Mm. I don't even know the right word for it. But, like, it might integrity, I feel like I wouldn't be able to stand behind it. And like I was saying before, it's like, I, I don't eat desserts all day long. You know, I might post a lot of dessert recipes, but, and, you know, I also think that those recipes are super fun. So I like trying to find a middle ground of that and also just doing things that continually inspire me and make me happy and that I enjoy doing versus like you were saying, you know, making an almond flour based dessert of some sort, because it's going to be easier probably yeah, to make, yeah. but it's not going to be you know personally acceptable for me yeah. oh man Se- sesame seed flour is gonna blow your mind i think <laughs> yes oh my gosh i can't and it's so funny that you said that because i just was like right before we got on this that i was making a recipe with tahini uh, yeah. and just realizing like oh man i should use sesame seeds more yeah, often yeah 100 and they're cheaper than almonds too yeah it's, it's just awesome yeah super awesome yeah i'm gonna try um, that and so i was a musician for a long time as uh i traveled around the Australia in a band and blah 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 blah. Anyway, I like that's a, okay. I don't mean to interrupt you, but my husband was in a band too, and he traveled oh, really? too. What instrument did you um, play? Well, I I well I, I didn't play bass in the band. I was I'm actually a bass player, but I played keys, so I played like synthesizer wow. stuff, and it was like an indie. That's awesome. Yeah, my husband was a bass. Oh, player. Oh really? Oh cool. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. What's the name of his band? Um, uh, I can't even remember. <laughs> he, I hope he doesn't listen to this. That's He's awesome. He's gonna be so mad. I don't know. It was before we I even oh, knew okay. him. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. No. So I I really enjoy hearing what people's music tastes are, or like you know, what do you generally listen to? Is there some classics that you always go back to, or, or is there something that you've been listening to recently that has really inspired you? Um, you know, I, I would say I'm definitely if I'm gonna be listening to something, it's. 99% of the time going to be a true crime podcast. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> totally straightforward with you. Um, but I also, I, this is like kind of lame, but I like love musicals like so much. I know that's so weird, but so I constantly listen to like musical soundtracks. Oh, cool. Um, recently it's been The Greatest Showman. Oh, yeah. 
if you've ever watched it it's so good I love it so much um but yeah most of the time if I'm listening to something I'm much more of an audio person so that might be like talk radio sometimes because I, I am pretty interested in politics um but other than that it's true crime I like business podcasts too um but yeah I'm not I'm not so much huge into music okay, so- it's not like I dislike it but I would just prefer to like you know like be learning or hearing about an interesting case or that's something that's cool alright let's flip the question what what are some of the podcasts that you've been listening to recently that have been inspiring you can I do true crime totally, ones 100% <laughs> Oh, I have so many. Um, so recently, um, Dr. Death um, is a fantastic podcast. Um, I listened to My Favorite Murder, Serial, of course, um, Undisclosed. Ooh, um, Somebody Knows Something. Uh, my Or what is it? Teacher's Pet, oh, yeah. which is actually an Australian case. Oh. Um, yeah, it's super interesting. Um other than like for business podcasts, I like Amy Porterfield's online marketing made easy, Jenna Kutcher's Gold Digger podcast, and then I kind of just listen to some like NPR based political radio stuff. Do you, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just writing these down because this is really interesting. I really love podcasts too. <laughs> oh, I have so many. I wish I had my phone near me right now because I could just scroll through them. I kind of just like whatever's that. Oh, I like True Crime Garage is great. Generation Y. Um, and those are two podcasts that do just a different case every week that can be from like all around the world. So, but Australia has a ton of really interesting cases. There's a podcast called Case File, oh, yeah. um, and the host of that is Australian, and he does a lot of Australia-based cases. And there's a but you guys have a lot of interesting true crime oh, there. Yeah. Lots of unsolved ones too, I guess. Um, yes, the, right. Uh, my partner Adele, she loves listening to true crime just before she goes to bed, which I always think is a little. Oh yeah, creepy, so do I. <laughs> I know. I think so. It's so odd, and I'm I'm actually like totally afraid of. I think that what I've learned from true crime podcasts is like just how to be safer and more aware. Like some people think it's super weird to be interested in it and, you know, finding entertainment from it, I understand can upset people, but I actually have gotten a lot of like knowledge out mm. of it, you know, like these, what have happened to certain people and how to be, you know, alone outside at night or, you know, yeah. like it inspired me to get a security system, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, things like that. But yeah, I listened to it before bed too. So I, I know how that well, goes. I guess it's a monotone type of voice sometimes that can mm-hmm. like, especially do you listen to case no, file I don't, she doesn't I don't. listen to, she might okay. though okay yeah that yeah that one is very like very like red out of a book <laughs> and it's very yeah. you know monotone <laughs> so it makes you sleepy right, case file she's probably already subscribed to it but i'll suggest that one yeah person. yeah um and and so uh podcast and everything aside uh what uh, i i usually finish up the podcast with the you know this big overarching question and that is um you know for someone who has been recently diagnosed with nut allergies and still want to do the ketogenic diet uh, or a low-carb diet of sorts what is your number one tip to uh staying keto um, but also going uh nut free yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I, I'm definitely still learning. Um, it is still like rather new to me, but I think what has served me well over the last, you know, whatever nine months it's been is just being prepared. 
um, being prepared for, um, you know, cooking normal meals even at home. But also if I'm going anywhere, uh, it's not always an option. You know, if we were traveling before, if I was, you know, we were stopping at a gas station, I could grab a thing of almonds as a snack. Um, you know, pantry staples are sometimes nut-based since they obviously don't need refrigeration. So I just, you have to think ahead a little bit more. Um, you know, you have to think ahead if you are going to create a recipe and, um, you might have to dig a little bit deeper on the internet to find one that's, um, nut free. I hope my site can serve <laughs> yeah. to you as a resource. Um, I do have some recipes on there that are old that are, you know, nut based. Um, I promise they taste good. So if you have someone that can eat those, those are great. But yeah, I think that just, um, being prepared and, and also just being communicative, um, trying to explain to people can be really hard because mm-hmm. some people, they might not, I wouldn't say they don't take it seriously, but sometimes they don't um, know the severity of it. So if, at any point, like if I've ever felt uncomfortable or unsure about a dish I was served or um, an event I was going to, just, you know, stick to what you know and, and don't be, don't feel any shame surrounding explaining yourself or if you have to, um, you know, just maybe altogether not attend. I've had to do that too if I kind of feel like, a, you know, for example, a baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels very enclosed and almost claustrophobic to me. So we've had tickets to um, the local team's games here. And I just I just have to pass because it just I, – I can almost guarantee I would be fine, but I feel, like, anxious about it. And that's just the, – the enjoyment of going to the game doesn't offset the fact that I'm feeling anxiety about it. So I think just also just going with the flow and just kind of accepting that it's going to be um, a challenge rather than um, – you know, seeing it as a stressor, just try try to take it as an opportunity to, you know, maybe like I said, just get creative in the kitchen or, um, just know that this is just one little facet to your life and to not let it define Mm. you. Yeah. I really like that. And, uh, and you know that your your website real balanced will become and is a great resource for nut free keto so if you're looking for any nut free recipes then definitely go ahead and check out the website but you also have a cookbook that is either coming out or has already been released by the time this podcast is out um can you tell us a little bit about that and and uh you know where people can find you and get in contact with you yeah, thanks. Um, yep. So I am working on um, a recipe ebook, which will contain 50 fat bomb recipes. And um, like Aaron said, it, it might be out by the time that this podcast goes live. Um, the, the tentative launch date is December 10th of 2018, um, which is also so happens to be the same day that my new site is going live. So um, if the if my entire body explodes on that day, it's because we <laughs> planned too many things for one day. Um, so I have a lot of stress around the month of December. Um, but you know, it'll be nice that this podcast will be published then. Um, but yeah, so you can find the ebook and then all my um, recipes on my website, Real Balanced. That's with a D at the end.com. Um, and then I'm Real Balanced on Instagram. Instagram, Real Balanced on Facebook, um, kind of on all the all the platforms. That's cool. And and you're someone who does reply to emails because I, I try and reach out to food bloggers and 99% of the time they don't reply, but you did, which is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and I, I do, and I th- that is from me. I do have a team um, that works, you know, for me and with me, um, but I still, my inbox is still, I guess, the little thing that I've held on to and I'm harboring. Um, I do like the personal aspect to it and I like having the control over it. So yes, if you do email me, I will respond. I do also respond on basically every social media platform. That's me. Um, but 
uh yeah that's yeah. awesome and uh yeah if if you are emailing or trying to get in contact with with us uh food bloggers please try and keep it positive which is really <laughs> or at least constructive yeah and if it's and if it's constructive just keep it constructive yeah. <laughs> don't make an attack on me as a human <laughs> i love it that's so awesome so it's been it's, it's been such a great time talking to you uh on this podcast and uh yeah you know it's been a real pleasure to talk to you thank you so much for taking the time out uh to come and talk to my audience and uh and i hope a lot of people have got some really beneficial information out of this so um yeah it's it's been a real pleasure It's been so much fun, Aaron. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe to be notified next week when the podcast arrives. If you could do one small act of kindness for today, I would greatly appreciate a review from you. It's really easy and it allows me to keep making podcasts just like this one every week just for you. Head on over to fatforweightloss.com.au forward slash podcasts for the latest updates and all the show notes. Until next week.